welcome to another episode of the Young Parents Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Jesse Ulrich. I'm also the editor of this podcast. And before we get to the episode, I just want to give you all a quick note. This is one long conversation with Marquise that we broke up into two episodes because we had so much to talk to him about. So I hope you enjoy part one of our follow-up episode with Marquise. Welcome back. This is Elisa Bell with the Young Parent <laughs> Podcast, and we are recording the second series to some sessions that my man Marquise Dennis and I are recording. Let's if go. you remember, Marquise is the executive director and founder of Birthright Living Legacy, and I, I call that the father part to our mother part here at James. So welcome back, Marquise. Hey, listen, it's almost as if we never left. <laughs> <laughs> I have to publicly thank you on here for the job that you did for us last month with the podcast and then coming on and teaching the class. And our young mothers were super, super appreciative. Um, there were some things that rubbed people wrong. Oh, but, yeah. but, you know, that's the way it is when you're talking to young parents. Yeah. But there also were some eye-opening moments. Many mothers came back and said that they had to reconsider some things that they were doing in their own parenting, just based on your comments. Listen, I'm just grateful uh, that you changed the title because <laughs> I knew that if we would have went in with the, is it your fault? It was gonna. It was going to just... So I'm glad you changed the title to at least give me an opportunity to rub them the wrong way myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I have to say, I, it was my initial response mm -hmm. or title was, am I at fault? Correct. And it was amazing to me uh, when I sent the title to my staff, one of my staff members came back and was like, oh, that's going to run rub people the wrong way oh, yeah. can we change it yeah but then after listening to the podcast and after listening to you some of the comments were may i understand why you wanted to, to title it that way so yeah. um it was good and bad but you know we hey, made it that's, through you know that's really a part of growth if there is see like people don't understand like if you are not being hammered and seeing the friction and the sparks fly, then that means you are not getting sharpened, period. <laughs> it just means you're just, you know, you're just chilling, and, and there's no growth there. Absolutely. So, iron sharp, sharpens iron. It has to. It and, and there's an anvil and a, and a hammer and steel. Okay. Well, <laughs> let's see if we can sharpen each other right now. Because we're it. getting ready to jump into a topic that uh, um, is really difficult. Mm -hmm. But I think we need to talk about it. And I think you and I are the perfect two parents Ooh, to have go. this conversation. I'm with it. So a couple of, about six weeks ago, I introduced you to a uh, video mm -hmm. of a young African-American man, mm -hmm. excuse me, child, not mm -hmm. man, yeah. who was in a classroom with other African-American men in charge. And he put, just basically had a meltdown. So tell me what your reaction to that video was. Well, two things. First of all, um, I just I just couldn't fathom a time where children are able to speak to adults that way. 
that just, that was my initial reaction. It's like, man, if we would have been in class when I was a kid and you talked to a teacher that way, like the students would have got on you. Not alone the, the the principal. I mean, like you would have had to literally be having a situation mm-hmm. in order for that sort of language to be coming out. But being able to direct that towards an adult in those days, anybody could whoop us when we were kids. So we learned you had to carry respect with you like a backpack and a, and a lunch. And so it just was it was interesting to me that when we saw that meltdown or, or the way that he was framing his conversation toward the teacher, that the teacher wasn't even like, this is the crazy, like he wasn't even phased. He was just like, now what it, now I told you, I don't speak to you that way. And I'm like, what? Like, We're doing math problems up here. Like, yeah, I was like, Oh, I mean, man. just, for, just for fun sake, I got tattled on in the fourth grade for saying, shit at the water fountain not even in the classroom yeah and i got in trouble for that once yeah. saying it once yeah and we had full-on gangbangers at our school and you couldn't you know what i mean like you didn't talk to teachers that way we could talk to each other however we wanted to but we had parents at home we had a name that we had to represent you know and it's just it's just crazy and that's where we you know we really get into this um this uh, conundrum that we're in is because if you don't have a name, you don't have a legacy. If you don't have a birthright, then what is the purpose of your, of your moving about? And so that's where, you know, for me, that's where it struck home a lot because even when the uh, authoritarian, more relational type guy came in and he was like, no, nah, you ain't leaving. And he still was, you know, bucking up to him, which inspired another guy to stand up and be like, screw you, screw you, <laughs> screw you. And I was just like, wow. Like these were funny things we thought in our head that we would write in notes maybe, but to say it out loud, like that tells me a lot about where we are as a society. Well, it reminds me of a, one word that we used in the first part, podcast and that's standards. Mm-hmm. At some point, point we have lost a level of standard and for me to see that I wasn't shocked but I wasn't shocked because when I started doing this work full-time back in 2014 I went into the schools not just north side schools but several schools in an effort to work with young mothers and I'm walking in the school building and the kids are running around cursing and t- now yeah we if we, and I'm a little bit older than everyone in the room here, if we, I'm, and kids have cursed and will curse yeah. to the end of time. Yeah. But if an adult heard us curse, oh, yeah. you were like, I, I'm so sorry. I'm, I, 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 I'm so sorry. You, and now. It was like a secret kid language. <laughs> and I'm not even in the school and teachers and people are walking past and these kids are just spewing this language. And I'm like, hey, Ain't nobody do care? you not see me standing here? Yeah. You know, and so I don't know if it's out of fear or if it's out of this is just our everyday norm. And so we don't it's, pay attention to it's it. The norm. I, I'm, I'm going to tell you a story. When I was in the eighth grade, I remember going to um, a friend's house and she was, you know, not of the same persuasion as me. And so. I remember her cussing at her mom 
And I and I just looked at her mom, and her mom just was like, well, da, da, da. I said, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on. I said, listen to me. Don't ever cuss at your mom while I'm here. I don't care what y'all are doing whenever. I said, because I'm telling you, if you go to my house with that, you're going to get your whole lip slapped off. <laughs> and you're going to feel bad because I'm telling you, my mom is not going for that. Mm-hmm. And you know what her mom said to me? She turned and she goes, Thank you so Thank much you. for getting her to. I said, what? what? You are the parent. Are you kidding me? Exactly. Exactly. So to me, what I think has happened is, is that, you know, a lot of people don't realize that patience is a muscle mm-hmm. and you run out of resolve over a time. And if you are a single parent, unfortunately, you never have a time to really kind of push the child off on the other parent to take over to give you that break to refill. So you're just like running on empty. And then, so once you get to a a certain point, then you find yourself walking into a school where these teachers are worn down and they're thinking to themselves, like, why even try anymore? How many times can I correct a kid before I'm just like, but there are some teachers that just ain't having it. And you can go to their class and it runs different than the entire mm-hmm. school. Mm-hmm. Every kid in that class will act totally different because she is not playing. Or that was he why I need is a not hop- playing. Hopkins for us at Marion Anderson. Mm-hmm. You didn't you when you got to Marion Anderson in the sixth grade, you feared why well, need a ha- Hopkins in the eighth grade and you weren't even that was the first day of school oh, in yeah. the sixth grade. Yeah. So I, I completely, completely get that. Now, my story is I went to John Burroughs. Mm-hmm. Elmer Jenkins was my principal. Oh, wow. Mr. Jenkins lived in the, in the North Tulsa community well into his 80s. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was in the classroom probably first or second grade. And Mr. Jenkins had to come and get me. Mm. And I told in my second grade voice, Mr. Jenkins, that my mommy was going to come up there and whoop his ass. <laughs> and Mr. Jenkins said, let's go get mommy on the phone now. Yeah. And from that day until the day Mr. Jenkins died, when he le- when he would see me, he said, there goes my girl. Because he had mommy on the speed dial. He only had to call that one time. One time. But when mommy got to the school, Ooh. and that's the only time in my entire life that I ever spoke to an adult in that way in my entire yeah. career. Yeah. So that leads me to this question and that leads me to my first contention mm-hmm. with the gentleman hosting the podcast because he says, this is what happens when you don't have a strong father in the home. Ding, ding, ding. And I have a problem with that. Why do you say that? That's what happened when you don't have a strong parent in the home. Uh. Because there are too many mothers who, like myself, have raised kids that would never, Uh ever Uh in their entire life Mm -hmm. behave in that way. Mm -hmm. And I have raised four. Mm Mm-hmm. And I know plenty. My my mother-in-law raised six boys by herself mm-hmm. and two girls. And until the day she died, my husband still wouldn't even speak up for himself to his mother. Two years, she died in 2020. Mm-hmm. And my husband still would not. Well, I don't think you, I don't think you got the point though. 
See, oh. and this is and this is why. Tell me what the point this is. This is this is why it's really hard to have these discussions is because you're looking at it through a pink lens. Okay. Now let me put the blue lens on and let me show you what he was really saying. What he's saying was, as you can see, he has absolutely no respect for any of the men that are present. Mm -hmm. That is why he was saying he didn't grow up with a strong man in the home. It wasn't because his mother is not capable because I promise you, if a woman had walked in the room, you would have then seen if his mother was a strong person or not. You see what I'm saying? Because because if a woman would have walked in, he might have changed the I way disagree. that he speaks. And I've seen it because anytime there's I a disagree. woman involved, um, just innately, we change the way that we speak. Mm -hmm. And if his mother is who he fears then he would have been fearful of her. I guarantee you that young that man doesn't have a strong parent mm -hmm. figure in I, I was going to say, it's really, I mean, again, I'm not a parent, uh -huh. but from my understanding of watching people, <clears throat> watching people parent is, it's really about how you explain, how you teach your kids how to interact with other people. And like, we don't really, we don't, we don't know the background of this kid. Right. But I have a feeling that his parent or parents didn't like make the, the sort of circle of who you're supposed to respect big enough in their explanation, right? Because he might fear his parents or his parent, but he wasn't taught to fear, like to be respectful and to fear other authority figures. And that's what I'm trying to explain because let me, let me explain. I got cousins, right? Their mother was, when I tell you a certified gangster, mm -hmm. do you hear me? Mm -hmm. Like would not, I mean, they would salute when she stood on the ground. But the guys that she picked were full-on suckers. You hear me? Like the dudes that she would go for were dudes that she could control. So uh, let me explain. Let me explain. Because the way that she talked to these men okay. as full-on, you know, you less than suckers, and I'm going to, you know, I'm editing, obviously. They talked to other men that way. Mm -hmm. But they didn't talk to women that way. They only respected mom because they saw mom be strong. And so when they were talking to men, they assumed all other men were soft like their stepdads or the boyfriends that were brought home until they talked to the right ones. And then they found out, oh, no, there are some extra dudes out here. And that guy sucks. But you ain't going to talk to me that way. And that's I, what I'm saying. I, I, I'm going to let you say that, <laughs> but you're never going to get me to agree to that. I believe you. Because I don't care if I bring a sucker in the house uh -huh. or I bring the most gangster dude in the world uh -huh. in the house. A kid in my house uh -huh. will never be bold enough or embracing enough to speak to anybody in that language without having to pick their teeth. What I'm saying to you is it's almost impossible for you to make that comment because, <laughs> and this is why, this is why. I've raised for. What I'm saying I've is raised for. you would not have been in that kind of a situation. I've raised for. I know. L let me stop you right there. Mr. Estes is in the room. <laughs> Mr. Estes went to school with my son. I hear you. James. 
How many of your boyfriends did you beat up? How I've never beaten up a man. Okay. How many boyfriends did you drag across the floor and call them I've out their name? Never. That's what I'm saying to you. How many you, women do that realistically? There are a few. The, Okay, I think we've yeah. I think we've lost the point. <laughs> like, bad people are going to raise bad children. That's what we talk about. Um, but but, that, the, but the contention yeah. is we can't continue to say that there is not a father in the home. Mm. We have to say there is not a parent in the home. I think a part of this problem that has nothing to do with people and gender mm-hmm. is the fact that we, as a society, over the past I'd say thirty-ish years, have put so much of the role of parenting our children on our schools. Come on. Not on ourselves. Yes. Come on. Yes. And yes. so I don't, you could be a great parent and your, your kid could still get messed up from what's going like, the, I, I, all, all I was thinking about was the other kids in that class as this is going on. I'm mm-hmm. like, what if, what are the kids trying to learn math? Right. The kid who's told to, who is doing what he was told to do and behaving well, what, what pluses are is is he getting for staying quiet? I know I would have lost my mind again. I had my own um, academic issues, but the people who are doing the right thing usually in a classroom like that would get some sort of reward or recognition for their good behavior. But every adult is distracted by this kid who, honestly, I don't know why they let they kept him in the room that long. Like put him in that coat closet or something. No. Because what, what like I said, by the temperament of the teacher, you can tell this happens a lot. Mm-hmm. And so that's where the problem is, is that they deal with this a lot. And so, and this is, again, going back to that monumental point that you just made, is most parents leave raising children to teachers, mm-hmm. and that is not their job. Their job is to come alongside and educate your children in the way at which that you have set the boundaries. So whenever parent teacher night comes, when I'm saying, Hey, young Jesse is struggling in this way, in this way, in this way, then I, as the parent can say, Oh, okay, well maybe you should try this. Cause at home, this is what we do. Bah, 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 bah. Now Miss bell has a secret sauce as to how to get to the influence and to make the impact on you because I am, she's now equipped with the standard that we have set at home. And and I agree 100% with you. If we lived in a, in a state where females weren't one of the number one incarcerated people and incarceration <laughs> wasn't so high, because the biggest surprise I ever had in my life, and I've been doing this for a long time, mm-hmm. when I started doing this full time in 2014, I've worked with hundreds of young, uh, young females. Mm-hmm. And in those hundreds of young females, I may have met 10 mothers and one dad. And I thought, and I was pregnant in 79, 80 as a teenager. I had one at 15, one at 18. Mm -hmm. We've been number one in teen pregnancy since Jesus left. This ain't no new phenomenon. (laughs) Number one in prisons, number one in births. Yeah, it's not a new phenomenon in our state. In Oklahoma? In Oklahoma. Since Jesus left? Since Jesus left. Teenagers have been having sex in Oklahoma since Jesus left. Translation, a long time. A long time. I was like, (laughs) for our Jewish listeners, Um, uh, a long time. A long time, a long time. I give you that. (laughs) And if I go back to those old things that my grandmother used to say, you'll have to translate. Translate. So 
my point was mm-hmm. I was shocked because in 7980, there were a hundred of us at Margaret Hudson program, and mm-hmm. every one of us had a mother mm-hmm. who was there, who was helping us to navigate this system. So in 2014, when I looked around and there are no either these kids are couch surfing. Either they are trying to find apartments because they're rebellious or they're living with grandparents or somebody else because there are no mothers or fathers Uh, present in homes. Saying used to be mama's baby, daddy's maybe. We've all heard that, Mm -hmm. that old saying. It is very rare now if there's a mama, a, a a true, unless the fi- a mom who is engaged, who is at the school, at the PTA meeting, mm-hmm. try- because it is very rare that we see that in our school system well, right yeah. now. Yeah, it's almost impossible. So we have to reframe this conversation and stop saying it's because there's not a father in the home. There's no parents in the home. I would say, from your opinion. From my yeah. okay, because, and yeah. I say that only because again we are we are all creating a hypothesis mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. what that kid's life is like. Yes, we might both find out that this kid has you know strong parents, grandparents. Yeah. They've been married. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody in their family's been married and serves you know whatever God they mm-hmm. serve and all mm-hmm. those things. Mm-hmm. And then we find out that he just lost his brother, got shot in the face yesterday. You see what I'm saying? Like, it well, could be. Yeah. St- also, great parents can raise real shitty kids. <laughs> like, <laughs> because his parents, like, I mean, I, I don't I can't remember what I was watching or reading when someone said this, but it was like, parents are not scientists. They're mm-hmm. shepherds. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. It's about leading your children where they need to go. You, it's not a combination of the fact. It's like, it's as much environmentalism as it is genetics. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, you know not to rag on one of my nephews, but like sometimes he can be a little shit and right. His parents are very loving and his dad's a pediatric psychiatrist. Like is very patient with them trying to talk it through logically. I'm like, he just needs to be told not to do this Yeah, and they won't do it. And I'm like, that's not the way I know for a fact. That's not how my sister and I were raised. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Like my parents were very good at whoever was not there. That was the person who was going to be real mad at you for whatever you did. And they played off each other. Mm -hmm. I was afraid of both of my parents. Not because they yelled, but because of, of like. Because they were a team. Yeah. Also, like, they somehow trained me to, like, fear their disappointment. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, and your point is valid. When I say, and this is my opinion, I will say this. Mm -hmm. 90% of the young people that I work with in my organization have expressed not having a mother or father in the home, mm-hmm. 90% of them. Yeah. Um, my real good friend who's been in the daycare system for 30 plus years, mm-hmm. at one point, every child in her daycare facility had one or both parents that were incarcerated. Mm-hmm. That's what I, th- those are the parents that I'm seeing. Right. So you're right. Right. It's my opinion, mm-hmm. but it is a large number of these young people. No, I'm with who you. Who aren't being parents. And I get it because, you know, you have to look at the 
external circumstances that are happening as well. Mm-hmm. So in the in the onslaught of, you know, let's just say uh, fathers being absent, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That puts the responsibility on mothers and grandparents mm-hmm. because Oklahoma is also one of the highest uh, states that have grandparents raising children. It's one of the highest, but you got to look at also the number of grandparents are 36 and 37 versus 65. And so, so ding, ding, ding. that's because we're not always been number one in teen pregnancy or but not teen, teen pregnancy is seven times more likely when there's no father in the home. And let me rephrase that because mm-hmm. they don't want to be called teens. They want to be called adolescents. So who? The young people, what? because of the connotation of teen pregnancy, we say pregnant and parenting adolescents. Okay. So let's make sure we, we say They that. like being called adolescents versus teens? Uh, yeah, that don't make sense Adolescents seem younger to me than teens. It's way but well, but adolescence doesn't start until your teen years. I don't know all those technical It, it doesn't start until your You're teen years. You're just going to have to edit me up because <laughs> yeah. I... Damn, I promise, damn I, millennials and their new I, terms. I won't be able to remember all that. I That's will just, okay. That's I okay. will just say this: it's seven times more likely, and they've been proving this through uh, way smarter people than I. Again, longer than longer than I've ever paid attention to those numbers. Which takes me to my second contention. Second contention. The young man says we need to teach our young women. Mm-hmm. Not to be sleeping around with men who aren't going to stay in the home and father their children. Let's go. And my contention is Uh-oh. we need to start teaching our young people that and not just women. I think men really do not think about pregnancy and childbirth the way women do. Uh, thank you. Well, and I think that we and need because to have sex education and, that teaches yeah, both. But it goes back to what you said. Mother's baby, father's maybe. And the reason is because beyond a 100% shadow of a doubt when that woman has that baby, she knows under no circumstances does that baby belong to someone else. As a Absolutely man. Absolutely right. As a man, it is proven to be your child or not. And that is a a lottery that a young teen is willing to take. Well, let me tell you this. Mm-hmm. The responsibility there still seems to be on the guy. Like, whether he has to wait until it's proven that he's the father, like, he's... If he's proven to be the father, he's the father. So let me, he does with that information. Let me say him. this. Let me say this because I really want to be clear. Yes, what you're saying is 100% true. It needs to be taught to both. Mm-hmm. It needs to be taught to both. It has to. And it so just, let's frame it just the has conversation to. So the, the answer is that fathers are one of the most powerful voices that children hear or don't hear. And I agree so when they give, like we say at Birthright, is you get your values from mom, which is your morals, ethics, you know, and, and you know, how you treat old people, that, that whole thing. But you get your value from dad. And so if either one of those is missing, because that's your, 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 you know, your meaning, your, your value, your 
I can't even think of my quote right now. But anyway, you know what I'm talking about. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> refer to episode one. Uh, refer to episode one. It's all in there. And so when you don't have young ladies that have been treated the way that a father should treat them, and I'm going to be careful not to should all over myself, but what I'm saying is, is when you properly nurture a young woman with a father the way that she should be, her standard, as we go back to, mm-hmm. is a lot higher. Her expectations mm-hmm. are a lot higher, mm-hmm. meaning mm-hmm. now she has to do what is required or a man has to do what is required to earn that opportunity mm-hmm. for her. Mm-hmm. Now, this is where it gets tricky. Mm-hmm. The reason why people put the onus on women is because women have different ways of pleasing themselves in life, right? You can do that through children. You can do that through career. You can do that through all these other things. As a man, all you want is a woman. That is it. And I'll tell you how I proved this point. So I went around asking, and I even asked gay men, okay, this question. I said, now, you have the opportunity of having a hundred billion dollars to buy anything, everything you want. Only contingency is you can never touch a woman again. Now this is moms, sisters, cousins, brothers, daughters, the whole nine. Never, ever again. I've not yet had one person say, Oh yeah, I'll take that money. Okay. Is that okay? I- I'm going to give you that father's, give their young women and girls, sisters and friends, value. Mm -hmm. However, Mm -hmm. going back, I never said mama's baby, daddy's maybe was right. Okay. Let me tell you where I think it comes from. In my entire life, I have never met a woman that walked into the hospital and had a baby and had a choice on whether to put their name on the birth certificate. You walk in that hospital, unless maybe in an adoption situation, you walk in that hospital, you have that baby, your name goes on that birth certificate. Fathers have a choice. And there are a whole lot of babies out here whose daddy didn't put their name, wasn't in that room, and didn't put their name on the birth certificate. Mm -hmm. So the fact that you said fathers have to be proven to be the dads. Correct. I don't hold water for me. Because you're not on the other end of that. Put your name on the birth certificate. Put my name on it when I know for sure. Put your name on the Because this is the problem. Put your name on the birth certificate. If and, I and put my name that. on it and it's not mine, and I'll give you, you have to prove no, that you're not fit to no, get your name taken off. No. That's legal. When you put your name on a birth certificate by child say uh, by DHS standard, you are paying child support till that child is eighteen. And okay, ho, 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 if ho. it's even if it's not but your child, but, but and and I agree with you. I agree with you on that. DHS is wrong as two left shoes, and no man should have to prove that he shouldn't be paying child support. I give you that. Mm-hmm. I give you that. However, if you had sex with that woman mm-hmm. and that is your baby, walk in and put your name on that birth certificate yeah. and pay your child support. Right. 
walk in there and get a DNA, go to the court system, prove paternity. There you go. Prove custody. Yeah. His custody set up. There's no custody. And pay your, you, As in, a father? In, order, yes. in Oklahoma? Yeah. Do you know the you laws have, on that? You have to have three things. Mm-hmm. You have to prove paternity. Yep. You have to set up custody agreements, mm-hmm. and you can't get one because I have three fathers. I have two fathers mm-hmm. who got custody of their children from two different mothers mm-hmm. and raised them real super good dudes. So mm-hmm. it happens. It happens. It happens. It happens. And then you if have to establish. Let's. No, 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 no. These dudes <laughs> went through the court system. Yeah, and that costs a lot, a lot. It costs a lot to raise a child as a single mother. Mm, I'm not going to get into that it conversation. Costs a, it doesn't matter who <laughs> it, pays for it. It costs it, it a does lot. Matter, it does matter who's paying for well, it. Well, I, would pay, I wouldn't have difference. to pay for it that's if you went and paid your attorney and got your custody ah, set up and paid see, your child we support. Keep, we keep throwing the smallest word in the English language, but the biggest meaning. Because if if was a fifth, We'd all be be drunk. drunk. You know what I mean? I get it. If my aunt had nuts, she'd be my uncle. So what I'm saying is (laughs) I get what you're saying, but the difference is as a single mother, you have welfare available. You have childcare available. You have. And as a single father. You oh, have those things also because whoa. I'm and asking DHS to come on this podcast yeah, and talk about it. I, I sit at the Capitol and talk about it with them because I know it's different. I, I Again, I could show you my case where I have tried and they say that's not my problem. You need to go to another person. Well, then you need me to come down there and fight with you on L- that issue listen, because if you don't. want your kids, yeah, so you're saying, then I'm uh, there for you. You're saying, here's the thing, though. You're saying single fathers... <laughs> are upset that it is hard to raise their children on their own, which is the same thing a single mother would say. It's just they, there are more resources and answers to their question because it happens more often. What I'm saying to you is both parents are intrinsically valuable to a child. Yeah, they are. That is what we have to understand. Like we we as a all society. agree on. We, we all agree on. Agree on you that. see what I'm saying? Yeah. As as a society, we just have to understand single parenthood is not okay for anyone. That's what for I'm anyone. saying. I'm saying. What we're saying is what I'm saying uh, that agrees with you is is that whether you're in the home or out of the home, that is still your responsibility. The thing that I'm saying to you as far as the signing the birth certificate is that that man has to first have the proof. The woman knows beyond a shadow of a doubt that that's her child. A man does not. Maury has made a whole like a whole a whole career off of making people sad and happy about finding out if they have a child or not. And I I agree with you. And so I'm saying, yes, there should be a way to be able to help fathers know immediately. There is a way. It's called go and take the paternity test. Mm -hmm. Let them come back and tell you Mm -hmm. yes or no. Mm -hmm. And then fight for custody and pay your child support or you could just get married and not have to do any of these things that would be the perfect solution <laughs> or I, I think the perfect solution would be you know proper sex education so we don't have as many teen pregnancies but uh adolescent adolescent sorry <laughs> this is this is what i call heated fellowship and as heated as it gets i still love you. i love you I as well i love you this is the <laughs> best part listen i was raised uh, 
uh, very loud Jewish family. Like we argue about everything. Our, arguing does not mean we don't love each other. Exactly. My, like, uh... We just talk loud. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you all for listening to part one of our two-part conversation, which is a follow-up to our previous conversation with Marquise. Please make sure to subscribe and like this podcast on Apple Podcasts. And of course, write us a review and make sure that you share it on social media because that is the best way people can discover this podcast. So thank you all for listening. And we look forward uh, to your responses from part one, as well as what you think about part two in a couple of weeks. Thanks, everybody.